to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Bobby Timms. Bobby is the founder and director of operations at Centive, a tax advisory firm specializing in tax credits and cost recovery solutions to reduce federal and state liability. Bobby spent nearly the first decade of his career at PricewaterhouseCoopers, becoming a subject matter expert in tax credits and cost recovery solutions. He's an expert under the umbrella of fixed assets, specifically related tax incentives, tools for developers and owners of properties, and the most common being cost segregation. So welcome to the show, Bobby. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you very much. And yeah, today, really excited to talk to you about taxes and cost savings and cost segregations, all that fun stuff. Yeah, fun topics all around. <laughs> Absolutely. But before we get into all of that, Bobby, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background and just how you got started in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated UGA about 10 years ago now and went straight to PricewaterhouseCoopers, where I got put in the specialty tax practice, kind of working in a lot of the things you just mentioned, fixed assets, depreciation optimization, and a lot of those tools circulate around real estate. That was in the Atlanta office about two and a half years ago now. I got moved to the Denver office to help start the team there. This is still with PwC. And last year, I decided it was kind of time to step out, take some of these tools and get them to different parts of the market. At those big firms, we're, we're serving large corporate clients. And there's just so many other areas that are underserved with these tools. So started doing that last year. And here we are. That, that pretty much catches you up professionally for me. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Bobby. So we can just dive in straight into our main topic of the day, which is cost segregation. And so can you give us a little bit of background on what it is and just like an overview? Yeah, I will give you the highest level overview I can (laughs) because it can get a little sticky and detailed. But the concept behind a cost segregation study is completely revolves around lowering your taxable income by increasing your depreciation expense. So when you're invested in or you're developing multifamily housing, you put the money into it and the taxable income doesn't immediately lower relative to what you paid for the building. You actually recoup and lower your taxable income over a long period of time through depreciation. The default and what happens when you don't use a cost segregation specialist is you put all of cost in the longest depreciable life there is. For residential, that's 27 and a half. For commercial, that's 39. But that's just kind of the safe CPA default. Throw it all in the longest one so you don't get in trouble because you don't necessarily know what you can pull out of it. Now, what you can pull out of it is what you do during cost segregation. And that's finding the five-year property in there, the seven-year property, and the 15-year property, which all increase your depreciation. You get it quicker, you write off those expenses, and you've lowered your taxable income much faster. I want to put a little note on that. I said five-year, seven-year, and 15-year property. 
as of right now for the current year and a few years still going forward, we are in a hundred percent bonus depreciation years. So everything we would move to that five, seven or 15 year, you don't wait 15 years. You write that off immediately. So again, we're just increasing depreciation and the tax rules are very favorable for real estate development right now. Oh, can you go into a little bit of details about the bonus depreciation? Yeah, absolutely. So bonus depreciation, it's incentive for people to build here in the States, build new property. It's historically floated around 50%. So instead of depreciating that asset, let's just stick with the 15-year one. Over 15 years, you would take 50% up front and then depreciate the remaining over the 15 years, which is still more favorable. With the new tax laws in 2017 under Trump, they made that a lot more favorable. They made that a hundred percent bonus. So everything that's not that long life, 27 year or 39 year, which is the guts of the building. That's, that's your, your roof, your walls, your foundation, your structure, everything else can be written off. It just has to be pulled out. Um, so bonus, bonus depreciation is a, uh, is really powerful. It's it's going to start trending down the way the tax law is. It's going to go from 100% to 80% to 60. So right now, if you're building now or you've built in the last two years, it's not going to get any better than this. You write off everything that's short life at the moment. Okay, great. Thank you. And so can you walk us through the process a little bit about the cost segregation and like how would we get started in something? Absolutely. So the good thing about cost segregation, or at least that you know, jumping off point, is this is not just something I do. This is something everyone does who's in the business. Uh, it, we'll take a look at it for you. So I'll take a look at, at the building, at the construction cost, and give you an estimate of what I think, you know, what's going to go to five years, how much is going to go to seven, how much is going to go to 15, how much is, what does that mean to you in terms of your tax dollars, right? What are we... How much are we writing off in that first year? You know, where's the benefit? So that's kind of the first step is I would get a little bit of information, construction budgets, maybe some drawings, depending on how much information you wanted to share prior to being engaged and how close of an estimate you wanted. But I would take those and you know, give you what I just mentioned there, you know, a good estimate. And then that also allows me to see how much time we're going to have to invest and also a project budget will come along with that. That would be step one of any project. And so what kind of properties are typically available to do a cost segregation on? Is it any properties we're able to do that or which ones will be the benefit the most from it? So cost segregation can be used on really any home producing property. It's certainly more beneficial in some areas than others. And that has to do with the amount of money that goes into certain types of buildings. So multifamily housing, you know, there's a lot that goes in there. That's not just the building that you want to get out. So those are really, really powerful opportunities to take advantage of these. Just to give you an example of the opposite end of that, you wouldn't necessarily want to cost seg a a warehouse that sat out in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's not a lot in there, not a lot of benefit. Now I've cost-seg warehouses for people. People do it because there still is benefit. There's benefit in almost every building, but that would be the low end, right? If you just picture a big empty box in the middle of North Dakota, nowhere, like way out there, those won't have as much to them. Multifamily, your offices. We do a lot of hotels. I know we're kind of getting out of the real estate investment world, but 
investment wise, yes, definitely multifamily, your single family homes can be done. All of it really, all of it really truly can be done. And so, you know, if you're looking to do a cost segregation, at what point in time of the process should you be engaging in a cost segregation specialist? So I think it's best to do it alongside the construction process. And the reason being is one, all the information is so much more readily available. That's if I've made any sense so far, this is all about the construction cost going into the building. So when they're building the building and the general contractor's still there, maybe you've got an owner's rep project managing it, when they're all still active with the project, that's the time when I can get the best information. And the best information leads to the best benefit. Everything that we move to short life, we need to be able to point to a reason why we did that. And if the documentation is impossible to find or gone, that can be a lot more difficult to do. So I always say it's best to do it right while they're still in their swinging hammers, while we still have everybody's ears. And frankly, while you're still paying them, while you're still paying these contractors, they're way more likely to get all the information over in a timely manner, for sure. And so for a new investor who's you know just getting started in the space and are, are, is looking to do some type of cost segregation, a study or something like that on their property, you know, what are some of the things that they should be kind of considering as they're looking to engage a cost segregation expert? Yeah, there's a lot of things to consider. You certainly want to consider your taxable position. I'll mention some things here, but then I'll also caveat back to, I'm always willing to go down these paths with you. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a decision you make on your own. And the reason that is, is because everything up until that decision is made, will do absolutely no cost. We'll help you decide if it's right for you. Now, a few reasons that a few things you may want to consider is your taxable position. If you are carrying an NOL or a net operating loss forward, it might not be the best time to do a cost segregation. Again, we're bringing expenses forward. So if you're already in losses, there's not a great need to bring all these expenses forward. That'd be the number one thing you could certainly consider on your own before uh, reaching out. But everything about the property, there's so many variables. It's very hard to just say what you should not cost seg. I mean, you shouldn't cost seg something that's not taxable. You know, if you have a, you wouldn't cost seg a church or a school, but everything else is certainly worth having someone take a look at for you. And so can these tax benefits that you're seeing from this, can that be passed on to your investors as well who've invested in your in your uh, offering? Absolutely. A lot of sponsors do take advantage of this. Some do it in-house, but then a lot of sponsors also don't do it. It is a question worth asking. I always tell people that. It is a great upfront question to ask a sponsor, someone you're investing with. Are you taking advantage of these tax tools? Because yes, they can absolutely be passed to the investor, either passively or actively. Okay. And so then like, why wouldn't somebody want to do a cost segregation then? Um, reasons why you wouldn't want to do a cost seg. So if you're in losses, that's a decent enough reason, right? You really, there's not a good argument for increasing your NOLs by moving forward future deductions. That's the first one. Other reasons you wouldn't, and this is more for people who develop, who might be listening. If you're developing a property that you're then going to sell right away, you don't need to cost seg it to sell it. You really don't. You're going to get hit with depreciation recapture. 
But those are really the two things, in all honesty, either you're in losses or it's a property you're building just to flip or sell quickly. You won't find much benefit. One of the things that you just mentioned was the depreciation recapture. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of what happens? Yeah, that is just, if you own one property, just to simplify all this, not from an investor standpoint, but if you owned a property and you did a cost seg and you got all that bonus depreciation and everything we talked about, and then you sold the property, everything that's already been depreciated, this is, we're definitely dipping our toes into some tax technical here. Everything that's already depreciated, when you sell that property, your basis was reduced And that reduction in basis is brought back to you as ordinary income rather than capital gains. So that's kind of the depreciation recapture. Usually once you go, if you hold it, we always say for three years, and that's kind of the industry standard. Some people will tell you lower. Some people say two. I say, I think three is a good number just to to start with. But if you do that, if you hold it that long, you've kind of are still pulling enough benefit out of it. Even when you get hit with that depreciation recapture, it'll negate. These are again, always things that we can walk through before, but a good rule of thumb is if you're holding it for more than three years, the depreciation recapture is not gonna hurt you enough to warrant not doing it. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Got it. So one of the other things that Tintiv also does is outside of the cost segregation is the green energy tax credit. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and how do we utilize something like that and how do we even start? Yeah. Uh, so this is a perfect segue because what we just talked about is what is bad for cost seg. And that's that's a developer who's flipping properties. These green energy tax credits are the exact opposite. They are created for developers and people who are building the property. And it doesn't matter if you hold on to it because these are all tax credits. You know, Everything else we've talked about before is an acceleration of deductions, which is lowering your taxable income. These are tax credits, which just when you get your tax bill, they come right out of it. So the green energy tax credits that I work with, the main one is 45L, and that's the energy efficient home tax credit. It's not that difficult to achieve the qualifications to get this tax credit. And most people are doing it without realizing it. They're they're doing everything the government is telling them to do to take this tax credit, except taking the tax credit. We see it all the time. Most people don't set out to build their buildings with these credits in mind, but they are available because of the way they built them. So what these credits do and how they work is it's $2,000 per door. And I say per door because I know you have a lot of multifamily housing listeners, and this is a gold mine in that industry. So it's up to $2,000 per door. So if we just think about that, if you have a single family home, you can do a project and you can get $2,000. 
not many people, I'll be honest, are even going to sell you that because it's too small of a project to be frank. You don't want to, you don't have to send your engineer across the country to help someone claim that credit. So, but with multifamily housing, you can have 160 doors in one building and we could be talking about $320,000. So it's kind of the baseline for that credit. It came out around 2006. And at the time there was the 2006 energy standards. All you have to do is beat those industry standards from 2006 by 50%. So if you're 50% more efficient with your cooling and heating than you were mandated to be in 2006, you will qualify for this credit. And there are some states where that happens automatically. So if you are involved with anything in California, California's standards are more than 50% above those standards in 2006. So you can't build in California without qualifying for this credit. Okay. And so then for to be able to qualify for this credit, what are some of the ways that you've seen people do in order to help with the qualifications? Yeah. So there's a few things. And we actually offer this service through our firm. If you are with involved with the development of one of a multifamily, you know, some tract homes, townhouses, any of that apartments, we actually have a service where we'll take the blueprints. If you haven't started yet, we'll actually look at the blueprints, all your plans and tell you, you need to change in order to get these credits. The What really impacts this is going to be, you know, you factors on your windows, how efficient your heating system is, how efficient um, your HVA, your, your cooling portion of that is, the R value on the insulation in the building, in the attic, and in the walls. There's all these factors that go into it. But again, just like cost segregation, we always want to make sure there's value before we get started. So what we'll do with these very similar to cost seg, not really giving you an estimate back, but collecting some information and saying, yes, these will qualify or no, they won't. And that's really important to us because the way these work is we take our portion of payment out of the credit. So if you qualify for this credit, you know, $2,000 for door, we'll take 425 of each one for our fees. And if that door doesn't qualify, we don't take anything. So it's very, very important for us to do our research up front because we don't want to no one. It's not good for anyone, right? For us to go down that process and then find out they don't actually qualify because then we don't get paid. They don't get a credit. So it's a lot of upfront work. And once we know they're going to qualify, we'll move pretty quick on doing the remaining steps to get the certification that they do and you're eligible for the credit. It's more of like an alignment of interest for both sides. It works out really well. I mean, it's essentially this money's kind of potentially, if you qualify, it's hiding there in your walls. And then we help go get it out and pays for our service with just a portion of the credit that you're taking. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Bobby. And so for you, what's really next for you and your company? Yeah. So I kind of gave you the, the history of me and, you know, I, I came out of PwC with a very, very, I'll almost call it narrow view of what could and should be cost segged. And as I have spent more time with people like yourself and, and, and people in the real estate world, we've just found that there's this almost completely untapped area of potential for benefit. And that's in the single family home rental space. So the problem is with those 
And the reason they're not being caustic regularly is because the fees, the professional fees associated with this can be a little daunting for someone with their single family home rental. And we're working to combat that by making a tool that really makes it efficient to do those types of cost segregation studies and will allow more and more people to, you know, go and cost seg their $1,750,000, houses that in the past, maybe you didn't want to because the benefits there, but the fees are talking. So those would all typically fall, you know, 2500 3500 maybe a little lower, probably not much higher for any of those with the fees. And we're trying to get that down to around 800 is our price goal. And we're doing that by building an, an online tool where the owner of the property or the developer of the property could actually take a proactive hand role in doing the cost. Egg. So it, it's, it's a very clean way for you to deliver all the information we need in a very clean format. Some of that's counting. Some of that's going through your house and, you know, counting the cabinetry in the kitchen, telling us what kind of appliances you have, telling us all these things that once we've got that data, we can do a really efficient cost seg on it and we can really bring that price point down. And that's something we're working with several people on the development. It's going to be a web-based tool. Uh, and we're really, really excited to begin rolling that out. Awesome. And what's like the turnaround time of your users using the the tool, you know, to be able to get a, uh, a report back? Like what's the turnaround time? Yeah, usually about a week is what we're planning because this is not an automated cost seg system. This is not a black box that is taking estimates based on what you're providing. This is a real cost segregation. So it'll be within a week. We're thinking you do it on Tuesday, you'll get it the following Tuesday. It'll come with a full report. It'll have a technical memo outlining what we moved and why we moved it. Um, it'll have all the information you gathered and showing why were you curious about my window treatments? Well, here's why, because it saved you this much money. It'll tell you everything. And then we're still playing around with some testing and trying to see what people want. But you know, when I do, when I go and cost say a hotel or something, I, I take photos and I have everything in a nice big package. So if an auditor ever wants to kick the tires on it, and I say, here, take this, it explains top to bottom and even has, you know, photos of what we moved. So we're still filling people out on how much information they want to put in it, but it'll be a full deliverable and it'll come within a week. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Bobby. And so how has real estate investing impacted your life? Well, real estate has become a bigger and bigger part of my life. I've really enjoyed getting to be on this side of it. You know, I, I definitely sit on the tax side. I don't have a bunch of my own properties. I'd love to one day. But for me, it's been really great to get to know the people in this business because it's it's full of people who are ready to take advantage of these types of things. It's, it's people who are willing put in a little bit of work or do a little bit of research just to find the value in their properties, which is great for me because that's what I'm trying to educate people on. You know, I, I'm trying to talk about these tax incentives and you know, people in the real estate space just have really good ears, I'll say. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. They, yes, very good ears and eyes on looking at everything. Yeah. So what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Oh gosh. When I first started, I, 
I guess I'm going to have trouble answering this question. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I kind of already answered. We talked about it for a bit, but just realizing, you know, c- coming from PwC and only you know, we were doing, you know, stadiums and huge corporate headquarters and all these things. And what I've learned since leaving there is how much benefit there is for your everyday investor. Like these tools exist because big corporations have gone and lobbied. That's truly why they are, why they're here, but it they're available to everyone. And I think that, you know, that is something that a lot of providers are sleeping on. And so, and I was certainly one of them for the first um, 10 years of my career. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? I think to be successful in, in the real estate investing space, I think networking is so wildly important. I have met so many smart people and they I'm just parroting what they've said. They've told me that. And I think it's completely true. And I think, you know, it's really important who you know, and then on your own side, doing your research, figuring out how much you can squeeze out of every dollar that you spend. And so Bobby, are there any tools or techniques that you've used to improve the efficiency of your business or your personal life that you can share with us? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if we want to talk about efficiencies and, and, and improvements, I, I got to say working on this new tool, that's that's what it's for. It's trying to take a process that has historically been somewhat efficient and making it so efficient that everyone in the world can do it. So our tool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bobby. So if our listeners wanted to find out more about you, Bobby, and what you do, where's the best place that they can reach you? I'm very active on LinkedIn. And I don't know if in the note, you'd be willing to link my website, but you know, we've got a website that will tell you everything that, that we can do for you. Those are going to be the best ways. My contact information is on both of those. Absolutely. And then can you give us the name of the website for the people who haven't won't be able to see it? And yeah, yeah, of to course. It? Of course. I'm going to have to spell it. Okay. Uh, so it's the company's name is Sintive and that's kind of a play on incentive. So it's tax incentives, uh, C-E-N-T-I-V dot tax. It's not a dot com. It's a dot tax. So incentive dot tax. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bobby. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your experience today. I appreciate you having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.